Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 10 of Genesis chapter 2. We're going to be reading Genesis 2, beginning in verse 8. And Jehovah God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made Jehovah God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. And I'll stop reading there. Now, in our last study, we pointed out how the Garden of Eden, which was established at the very beginning of the world, was a figure of God's kingdom. It was an outward representation of the kingdom of God on earth, just as later Israel would be an outward representation of God's kingdom on earth when the Lord established the nation as his holy people. And then following that, in the New Testament age, the churches and congregations became God's outward representatives to the people of the world. In in the New Testament church age, when someone wanted to know God or learn about God, they went to church. The church had the Bible. Israel was given care of the oracles of God. And so, too, the Garden of Eden has the Tree of Life. And the Tree of Life, we know from later in the book of Revelation, God makes references to the Tree of Life and the new heaven and the new earth, is pointing to Jesus Christ himself. So within the Garden of Eden was the Lord Jesus Christ, the tree of life. Just as within Israel, God was present. The Spirit of God was with Israel, as uh, typified by the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. Then, And the Spirit of God was with the New Testament churches and the congregations. That's why later when God brought judgment on the churches, it was such a horrible thing that his Spirit departed from the church, came out of the midst. And that was like losing the tree of life. When the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, that was like losing the tree of life. The presence of God indicates life. While the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, Adam had life. And while the Ark of the Covenant was with Israel, 
they were the holy people. They had care of the oracles of God. They had life, of course, in a slightly different way than Adam had life. And also, while the Spirit of God was in the midst of the churches, they had life. And that's why when God's Spirit leaves the churches, he uses the figure of the two witnesses lying dead in the street. They lost life. And that's the figure God is using here in the midst of the garden is the tree of life. God's presence, God's spirit is the essence of life. Christ is the essence of life. And he's typified by the tree that is in this garden that God has established to represent his kingdom on earth. And also, though, there's another tree. It says at the end of verse 9, I better read it from the middle of the verse. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God establishes two trees. One is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the other is that tree of life. We know the tree of life identifies with Christ, with God's spirit. But what does the tree of the knowledge of good and evil identify with? Well, what made that tree of the knowledge of good and evil different from the other trees? It had an interesting name, very mysterious name. But was that tree any different than any other trees? Did did it grow differently? Did it have a different kind of fruit than any other tree? No, the Bible doesn't uh, indicate that's the case. That tree basically was like the other trees. It grew out of the ground, just as the other trees did. It had fruit. We're not told what kind of fruit, but there's nothing in the Bible that indicates it was such a special fruit that no other tree had that fruit. It was just the name that God gave it and what God attached to it. In Genesis 2, a little further on, it says in verse 15, And Jehovah God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And Jehovah God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And there is the difference. No other tree had a law tied to it. No other tree did God say, if you eat, you will die. Only this tree that God called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All the other trees, Adam and Eve, could freely eat. They could eat as much fruit as they want, as often as they wanted, and no problem, no difficulty, no death of any kind, no violation of God's commandment. We do not read of any other commandment attached to any other tree. It it was... um, 
open access concerning every other plant, every other tree that was in the Garden of Eden, only this one particular tree. God said, you will not eat. Thou shalt not eat. And we recognize the language here, don't we? Thou shalt not eat of it. Now, look at Exodus 20 in the Ten Commandments. And notice the similarity of the language in uh, Exodus 20, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Or verse 5, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. Verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of Jehovah thy God in vain. And verse 13, Thou shalt not kill. Verse 14, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And that was the difference. That was the distinction of that tree. God attached his law. He attached his commandment. He He said of that one tree, do not eat. And why not? Well, that's what made the tree so mysterious, so interesting to Adam and Eve. We we don't know how long the commandment stood regarding that tree because we don't know exactly how long from creation it was that they were tested uh, through the serpent. And, and then fell into sin. But, but certainly there was a period of time where the commandment stood and, and Adam heard the law, God's command concerning the tree. Eve knew about it as her husband more than likely told her. Satan in the form of the serpent came and brought it up. He focused their attention on that tree that had already been outstanding in their mind because God focused their attention on that tree with his law. Thou shalt not eat of it. In the day you eat, you will die. And also God gave it that mysterious, curious name, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, and Satan used the law to bring his temptation, and he used it in an uh, evil way. And, you know, um, people can use the Bible in evil ways. They refer to Scripture, don't they? They refer to the laws God has given. But then they have their own ideas about them, their own gospels, their own doctrines, their own understandings. And they're doing the same thing Satan did. Satan refers to the law of God concerning that tree. And yet he twists it and perverts it and changes it in order to deceive. 
and yet it was God's program from the very beginning to establish an outward representation of his kingdom on earth, the Garden of Eden, and to place his spirit within the garden as God would communicate with man in the Garden of Eden. And God's presence was signified by the tree of life. But also, when God establishes an outward representation of his kingdom, he always establishes a testing program, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was that testing program. It was God planting a tree, and God planted all the trees. He he made them all to grow, and yet God specifically singled out that tree and said, well, I'm going to call it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God's the one that gave it that mysterious name. God's the one that then gave a law concerning that tree and that tree only. Thou shalt not eat of that tree. And there can be no other purpose except to test Adam and Eve, to test man who he had put in the garden to be his representatives of his kingdom, to try them, to to see, will they obey? Will they be obedient? Will they keep my law? And that's exactly the same test that God would later give national Israel. And it's exactly the same test that God would even much later than that give the New Testament churches and congregations. For instance, if we go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, God says, speaking to Israel in the first couple of verses, it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of Jehovah thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that Jehovah thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of Jehovah thy God. And then God goes on to list the blessings. If they obey, they will be blessed. What was the situation with Adam? If he obeyed, if he did not eat of the tree, he would be blessed. He would not die. He would not sin. And there would be great blessings upon him for keeping the law of God. And and of course, we know that was a special circumstance as Adam originally stood good in relationship to the law that God gave and no later generations of men have ever stood in that kind of relationship with God. Yet the similarity is in God establishing a people or establishing that kingdom, of that nation of Israel to be his representatives and, and also giving them the law. He, he gave them much more law than he gave Adam. With Adam it was only the tree, but still... He placed his law in Israel, just as God's spirit was within Israel. They had the tree of life, therefore, 
and they had the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They possessed the commandments of God. Now, what if they did not obey God's commandments? Well, in Deuteronomy 28, it says in verse 15, But shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of Jehovah thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field, and on and on and on through the rest of the chapter. You'll be cursed, cursed, cursed. And when Adam and Eve disobey God, they did not hearken to the commandment of God concerning the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What happened? God cursed them. He cursed them. They had failed the test. They were no longer to be in Eden. They were cast out of Eden. Eden would no longer be God's representation on earth. It, it would no longer typify that. It became a cursed place. And Israel of old became cursed because they did not obey God. They did not keep his commandments. It's a very similar idea. And finally, God's spirit left Israel just as God uh, took away access to the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. They, they could no longer... Uh, have access to the tree, which means they no longer had life. The Spirit of God departed from Israel. But then God established the New Testament church. After he divorced national Israel, when the veil of the temple was written twain, and Israel became cursed, remember what did Jesus do to the fig tree? And significantly... God typified Israel as a tree. In Matthew 21, in verse 17, And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it, and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done in all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Jesus cursed the fig tree, just as the Lord God cursed the man. He cursed the woman, and and he cursed the earth, and, and the Garden of Eden became cursed. Israel became cursed because of disobedience. But the New Testament church thinks that, oh, we are not like Israel. We're different. We're different. And, and actually, they fail to understand, they fail to realize that God has done this very same thing since the very beginning of the creation. 
by setting up a testing program with his word, with his commandments. He did it in the Garden of Eden, and he did it with Israel for almost 2,000 years, and then he set up the churches and congregations, and he entrusted them with his word, with the Bible. They became the caretakers of the word of God. They had the Spirit of God dwelling in the midst of the churches and congregations, typified by the daily, or typified by the light of the candlestick. And God warned them in Revelation concerning that candlestick. He said in Revelation chapter 2 and in verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. It's very similar, and and this is said to all the churches. Um, It's addressed to the church at Ephesus, but after each address, God said that this is said to all the Churches in verse 7, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And, and that was a warning. That was a warning that God gave concerning the churches. And, uh, the Lord gave another warning in Romans chapter 11, wherein the Apostle Paul makes this statement in verse 13, for I speak to you Gentiles. And the Gentiles are a way of saying to you, the church. Israel was the Jews, and the church is typified by the Gentiles because they would come in to the congregations, and there would be some Jews. But primarily, the New Testament church was formed of Gentiles, of the people of the nations of the world. For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. Then in verse 17, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, this is the church as though it were talking, the branches were broken off, that is, national Israel, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they, national Israel, were broken off, and thou, New Testament churches, standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Now, here's a very clear, definite warning. For if God spared not the natural branches, national Israel, the corporate body, take heed, lest he also spare not thee, the New Testament corporate church. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, Israel, but toward thee, the church, goodness. If 
They'll continue in his goodness. If is a conditional word. It means it's not guaranteed. It's not absolute. It doesn't mean you will uh, most certainly stand. It means there's a condition to your standing in his goodness. To your continuing on in God's goodness is conditional. If thou continue in his goodness, and what is the goodness of God but his word? If you continue faithfully obeying the word of God, just as Israel would have continued faithfully, or if they had faithfully obeyed the word of God, just as Adam and Eve would have continued if they had faithfully obeyed the word of God, the law, thou shalt not eat of that tree. And so too the church would continue on indefinitely if they faithfully continued in the word of God, if they obeyed it, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, it says in Romans 11, verse 22, Otherwise, that is, if you do not continue in his goodness, thou also shalt be cut off. And there is the direct warning of God, you will be cursed. You will be as Israel before you. You will no longer be my holy people. You will no longer be my outward representation to the people of the earth. Uh, I will leave you as I left Israel. I will leave you as I left the Garden of Eden. I will curse you as I cursed Israel. I will curse you as I cursed the Garden of Eden. And that's exactly what God did at the end of the church age. He came to visit. We read in uh, Revelation 2 a little further on to see if they had repented because he gave space for them to repent and they did not repent so he cast them into great tribulation. It, it, you can read that in Revelation 2 verses 20 to 22. God judged them. He did identically the same thing that he had done to Israel because they committed the same error. They were disobedient. They did not hearken to the word of God. They were high-minded, and they still today are high-minded and think that they are still the people of God, and and God would never would never cast them off. Well, even the Jews, even Israel today, thinks they're still the people of God and thinks God would never cast them off. And, and yet God did in both cases with, with both outward representatives of his kingdom. And today we, we stand in a time where God is not using any corporate body. He's not using the church. He's not using Israel, but individually, individually, the things that we read in the Bible concerning God's testing program, concerning God's presence of the tree of life, still 
stand with each one of us. Each one of us are being tested, are being tried. It's no longer a corporate test. It's an individual test. Where do we stand personally with the Word of God, the Bible? Because God gives us His law personally. And the law of God is always the test of the knowledge of good and evil. Will you keep it or will you fail to keep it? And with the child of God, they keep it because God has given them a new heart and a new spirit. And in their resurrected soul, they maintain his word perfectly so he never casts them off. But if you're not saved, you don't have God's spirit and you will certainly fail the test. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.